Hey, welcome to another episode of Building a Business That Lasts. Today is another internal interview. For those of you uh, that may not know, uh, I'm a CEO of a digital agency called Business Builders. We've been in business for about 23 years, and I love doing the podcast interviews where I get to talk to other successful entrepreneurs and leaders. I've done uh, well over 100 of those, and we're still going to do those, but I'm also doing interviews now with internal team members here at our agency because I feel like one of the things that's really important is that it's not just about leadership from like the very top. So like at Apple, you know, Tim Cook is the leader at Tesla. Elon Musk is the leader, but there are a lot of other leaders in the midst of that. And one of the big things for us over the last few years has been transitioning from not just having producers and doers, but leaders, managers, and strategists. On today's episode is a very special interview because I'm interviewing my sister, Carrie, who actually works for us. She's been in multiple different roles. Carrie, welcome to the show. Hi, thank you. <laughs> so um, what's exciting about this one is I think a lot of people either have family that work for them or with them or have thought about it or are scared of it or have had bad experiences with it. And so I want to unpack that a little bit, but let's back all the way up um, and tell a little bit of your story. Like, how did you get here? So maybe a little bit about what you did for school and then really kind of how you ended up here. Okay. Um, well, for school, I was an art major for college. Uh, I was with concentration in painting, and my minor was in graphic design because um, I wanted to have some sort of like thing that I could just launch right into a career easily. And marketing is just an easy thing to go into as an artist. Mm -hmm. um, and so I started pretty much immediately out of college in marketing. Um, and then I've always seen your business from a distance. Um, you know, growing up and stuff and seeing your little chart and relatively like close distance, but yeah, oh, yeah. <laughs> my little chart in my room. Oh, well, here we are. <laughs> oh, <you know. laughs> That's where we're going. Like, I remember messing with your markers and stuff when I was little and I wasn't allowed to do that. Um, and, um, you know, you're my cool big brother and all of that. Um, and so whenever I ended up being in marketing and then you guys were also in marketing it was a really fun goal for me to think about working with you guys because, A, your culture is just unmatched. Um, our culture. Our culture now. <laughs> it's so exciting. Um, <laughs> and um, just the your value system and, um, you know, how you like to run your business are so unique and special that I wanted to be a part of it from a very long time. And so I think whenever I graduated college, I was like, you know what, if I'm going to be in marketing, I would really love to work with my brother. And and you were in Tennessee at the time. Yeah. And, um, and I am in Florida. So for us, people that are listening, like our internal team, which would be like full-time employees, if you will, um, are all here. It's all localized. Now we, we kind of have this hybrid remote. Some days we're in the office, some days we're not, but I want everybody to be local. That's a thing for me right now. Maybe that'll change at some point in the future. But at the time, you were living in Tennessee. But, yeah. But but doing graphic design work and doing project management work and doing web work for other company. And yes. so, but we were contracting some stuff out to you. Yes. Yeah, so I I initially asked you for advice on how to get a second job because my first marketing job, um, I just didn't make very much when I first started, and so I needed. Most people don't make very much when they first start. Well, though. yeah. But, um, I just, you know. I really wanted advice in terms of like how, who, what do people want to see whenever they are hiring right. freelancers and, and stuff like that. And you just said, uh, you know, we can throw you some work. And I had some consistent projects for, I think, four or five years with you guys. Was it that long? It was a long time. Wow. 
I I did that MTI newsletter for yeah, that's right. a hot minute since like 2015. I have files from then, so it's been a long time. And so what's interesting about that is like at the time, this is a weird analogy, but um, I'm going to sidetrack really far off the chart, but I'll bring it back, I promise. When um, at one point we had three little boys, uh, well, we have three boys now, they're just big. And um, my wife wanted to adopt. I didn't want to adopt. But what I did what we did instead was we fostered children for a while and we had kind of this private foster care. And, and the full truth of that is that was me kind of like appeasing her a little bit of like, look, I don't want to adopt a baby, but we'll like keep one for like a week <laughs> or like a month and then we'll give it back, you know? And um, now we have two little girls that we adopted too. But the, the moral of that story is that's kind of how I felt about working with you and really any family. It wasn't you. It was really any family at all. You know, I always hear these horror stories of either people working with close friends, which most of my people that I hired in the early days were friends, and working with close family. And so I always thought, I don't I don't want any family on my team, but I'm a lot looser with contractors in general. So I kind of was like, okay, well, that, that'll be fine, but I'm not going to hire her. Yeah. And that it was also like on a per project basis too. So if anything ever went wrong or you guys didn't want to work with me, it right. was under the understanding that you could just stop working That's the with me. contractors. Yeah. There was no... Um, I wasn't on the team. I wasn't in your daily life. I wasn't, right. um, you know, a fixture of the team. I wouldn't so. have to fire you, basically. Yeah, no, you would just <laughs> be like, right. we, we just don't have any more projects for you. That's Sorry. right. <laughs> and you're like, that's weird because you said you're very busy, but why don't you have any projects? Um, but I, that's that's a good point. And that's really like how I think about contractors versus team members or somebody would, some people would say employees is to me, a contractor is somebody who's being hired to do a job, to take care of a task, to do a project, and usually is on some kind of short-term basis. With that said, like the way we've transitioned now, we have some contractors who are like deeply tied into our team. I mean, like Shannon and Ashley and some of those others who are like, they're basically still team members, even though they're technically contractors legally. Um, and they were team members for well, that's true. Yeah, so we had kind of a transition for people that don't know where we kind of we had some people that transitioned out, but we wanted to keep working with them. And really, the difference for me between a contractor and an employee is this: a contractor decides what they want to work on, what kind of work they want to do. So, like, well, I only want to do these things, and I want to do them when I want to do them, whatever hours I decide, and I want to do them wherever I want to do them. To me, that's a contractor. An, an employee or a team member is somebody who I'm telling, hey, these are the, these are your responsibilities because it's not about that person. It's about the role. The, com- the company is deciding what roles do we need and and we need to come back to that actually when we talk about your role transition. Mm-hmm. Um, the company is deciding what roles that we need and what responsibilities are involved for that role and then either that person can do that job or they can't. And if they can't, then they're not a team member. And that, it's that simple. Um, where contractors have a lot more flexibility. And so even though our internal team has a lot of flexibility too. Mm -hmm. So eventually, I don't remember how I actually hired you. I think I told you no like three times. Um, Yeah, I asked repeatedly (laughs) for pretty much that whole whole time I was contracting, you know, what what is a... And it um, made made it easy partially because you were in Tennessee and I was in Florida. I'm like, well, everybody's in Florida. Yes. And I I was like, well, what does a team member transition look like if I were to want to do that? And Mm -hmm. you were just like, no, (laughs) we're not doing (laughs) that. Not doing that. And um, I just kept asking and you kept saying no. And then um, we moved to Florida. I lived in Orlando for like a little while. Mm. And then Actually, I forgot about that. my um, he was my husband by this point. Um, 
Robert got a transfer to Jacksonville and the job that I had in Orlando said they would not keep me as a remote employee. So I needed to find a position. Mm -hmm. And so then I really put the heat on in terms of like, do you want to hire me or not? Mm -hmm. Because I also was had offers from. Yeah. And that was actually that was a crazy season, too, because. At first, I was just like, oh, I still don't really want to hire a family member because, like, the reality is, like, in a company like ours, my responsibility is to care for the company. Like, that, mm-hmm. as, as a CEO, my job is to care for the whole company, and I have to protect the best I can the entire thing, which is all the people. And as a result of that, sometimes I have to take a role away or I have to take a person away. And the reality that I might have to take – I have to tell, have that conversation with you mm-hmm. was not bearable. Right. Because anybody else, I mean, I've had plenty of people over, over the years who have either chosen to leave on their own free will. And some of those people I still talk with and see from time to time and others I don't. And then some people who I've had to go, hey, you can't work here anymore. Mm-hmm. And and I'd say half of those people like I still have pretty good relationships with. And the other half don't talk to me and block me on social media. Um, <laughs> but the idea, but that's so much more risk in that to me yeah. like with family. And, um, but at that time, one of our designers who was very good too, was transitioning to like wanting transitioning is a weird word to use in these days, not transitioning like that, <laughs> transitioning to a, des- a being like a contractor, basically. Like yeah. she wanted to kind of do her own thing and have a little more freedom and do some photography and all this stuff. And so I was like, well, I have somebody leaving. So I actually have a spot like exactly the right time. And I just kind of mm-hmm. took that as like, well, all right, well, it's providential timing. So. Let's just do it. Yeah. And I think some of that, too, was Tim was thinking about hiring me. Mm, and yeah. my un- Our uncle, I should say, was looking for a designer at the same time, too. And I he didn't want to hire me if I was going to end up getting you know poached at some point by you because he knew that I always <laughs> wanted to work right. with you. And I was actively yeah, contracting. And I wasn't going to stop contracting for you because my end goal of contracting was getting a team member right. position. Right. So I was just going to keep doing that until... You let me on the team. Which is a good way to work for a company that you want to work for is just trying to do something for them. And in some cases, like, you know, especially those of you out here that are listening that are younger, like, and don't have a lot of big bills or responsibilities or things like that yet, like, go work, go offer to work somewhere for free. Like, show up at the door and be like, hey, I will take out your trash, but I want to be around people like y'all. Mm-hmm. And I mean, I I had some of those opportunities when I was younger, and that was a big part of what pushed me forward. So you were hired as a graphic designer. Yes. Originally. To make all the things, flyers and logos and brochures and websites and really anything that needed to be designed, that's, those were the things that you were doing. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I had this idea, which had nothing to do with you and had everything to do with the company, that I wanted to pivot where we were going into the future because I wanted to be able to scale um, up and down. I wanted to be able to handle uh, peaks and valleys and... Um, and I wanted basically the vast majority of our production work to be outside of the walls of our primary team. And I just did an interview with Travis, who when I hired him, he wrote code. You know, that's what he, he was hired to be a developer and to write code. And now he doesn't write hardly any code at all. He's the director of development. Your role got to a point where I was like, I don't really need this seat anymore. And so I had two options. One, look around and go, do I have another seat that you can fit in that you that you get, that you want, and that you have capacity for? And so we changed our marketing structure around and developed this role of marketing coordinator, which everybody agreed that you would do a great job at because you were already kind of doing some of those things anyway. Mm-hmm. 
But for you, especially, that's almost even to me, it was almost a bigger transition than Travis because Travis was going from a developer to a director of development. So at least it was still. Mm-hmm. And I also think that in general, this this might be offensive to those of you that write code. I think designers are more, I think designers hold more ownership and desire over creating work because it's almost like art versus a developer who is just creating function. I could be wrong. But so I think number one, like you love art, you yeah. love design. Yeah. And I took a lot of that away from you. Yeah. I didn't take it away from you. I gave you an opportunity to do something different um, and put you in this new role of marketing coordinator. So talk about that. So that it's a little bit of a messy topic, but, um, you know, I, I do love designing. I do love art. And um, for me, you know, I have, you know, some mental health struggles and art in a way is a, is a way of me working through that mm. and, you know, integrating that into my job made it a lot easier for me to um, you know, kind of stay in that space mm-hmm. and keep working through those types of things and, um, solving puzzles almost every day, right. um, visually. And, um, that becomes much more enjoyable than just, you know, checking off tasks or doing paperwork or anything like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it was a difficult transition, like in that way that I don't get to do that, but in the same token, um, I'm able to make a larger impact on the team and mm-hmm. in, in the role that I'm in. And I'm also good at it. Like, right. and, and also this position isn't like all of the, the roles that I, or the hats that I hold for this position are not completely new to me. Like every marketing role I've had, I ends up taking over <laughs> these right. responsibilities because a, it's a little bit of a natural progression of, of a designer role. If you want to move up, you're going to have to be in management. It just right. is what it is. You're going to be managing multiple designers. You're going to be doing the paperwork. You're going to be doing project management. Um, so you kind of have to accept a little bit of that if you want to progress in your career. Um, Unless maybe you're like a top 10 percenter. Like sure. there, there are yeah. like those handful of designers who have managed to like scale, well, scale income, uh, It really, yeah. and, and not not have to work. 300 hours in a week, you know, but it's very, yeah. it's rare. Cause there's a very real, um, you know, as a human, you are limited in terms of the amount of things that you can make. And so you're limited in how right. much money you can make. To, so if you're, you know, making a bunch of social ads and stuff, you're not necessarily going to be able to make as much money as if you're doing, you know, high end luxury branding. Like Because ultimately there's only so many, like so much I can charge a client for. There's only yeah. so much I can charge. It's just math. If I can only charge the client X number of dollars, and I can't give you all of that. Yeah. Like there's just not that much. It doesn't work out. Yeah. But, but in the coordinator role, you're able to multiply your effort. This is actually a really interesting topic because I think that we, I think my generation especially, but probably yours too, like has been told from a very young age, this idea of like, just follow your heart, follow your passion. And like that, that has, that that should be your career. And I have, I used to really believe that. But I actually love doing all the things, too, and I do yeah. very few of them now, and I still love what I do. Well, and I, I also – I really enjoy – like, I even though the actual mechanics of my job are not, like, the pieces that I absolutely love right. doing, I still love my job. And right. I still love – But there's more – like, unpack team, that, though. Like, still, unpack that, though. Like, unpack why why you love the job. Because it's not, it's not really – I think this is really interesting to people. Or I, maybe it will be interesting to me. I think that – the tasks themselves for you mm-hmm. are not that interesting or that enjoyable. And yet, if somebody were to ask you, how do you feel about your job? 
I think you would say, I love my job. Yeah, absolutely. So why do you love your job? Um, I don't know if it's just because I, I personally really love helping people and I love, um, like being of service to people that are around me anytime Mm -hmm. that I, um, am friends with anybody or anything. I'm always looking for ways that I can impact their lives in a positive way. And in the role that I'm in, I'm kind of servicing all of our different team members and I still get to do that like puzzle aspect of, okay, how are we going to fix this? Mm -hmm. How are we going to, um, sort out this sticky situation or whatever is going on. And um, that is like a high sense of achievement because you're helping other people do their jobs better. You're Mm. helping clients make more money with their jobs. I'm on the, on the direct end of, I get to launch the campaigns and stuff. And then I also get to see the results when we do reporting with clients. And so I get to see, you know, how many leads are we pulling in? How much money are we making these people? And that's really gratifying to know that we're making an impact. impact. Right. And, you know, by how helping a business make more money, you're helping their family make more money and you're helping them have a better quality of life and you're helping them achieve their dreams and stuff. Like I, I like to think about impact a lot of the time. And like, I feel like we're just fulfilling Terry's like life dreams <laughs> of, right. you know, being able to provide, um, you know, trainings for preschool teachers and stuff. Yeah, so we have a client who's actually, her name's Terry, who actually runs a company called yes. uh, Impact Early Education. And that's why the impact kind of really relates oh, to yes. that. People um, that are listening, they're like, I don't know who Terry is, but go ahead. My bad. No, that's fine. <laughs> um, but just to see our clients light up and be so excited about, you know, the work that we do is right. really, gra- it's it's really the, gratifying. It's the outcome of of the intention and it's the people that we get to work with yeah. at the end of the day. and. Being able to see like real dollar value and right. real emotional and impact life, for people, life impacts. Yeah, them. I think that that's the thing is like, I think so often when we talk about passion and work, people are thinking about like the actual thing. And I mm-hmm. actually believe that people can have joy and passion in a job that maybe isn't doing the physical things that like the, the, that they enjoy the absolute most. I also think you can do the other. Like for me, like I'm I'm now transitioning towards what my greatest desire would be, which is stuff like this, being mm-hmm. on podcasts, speaking at events, teaching webinars, teaching in general, being on stage. Like if I could pick one thing to do all the time, that's what I would do. And so that's mm-hmm. what I'm moving towards. But for a very long time, I've loved my job just as much. And much of my job is not that. It's developing team members. It's developing systems, which I'm not very good at. Um, and I think, I think that idea is really, that's for sure. I think that idea is really important, um, for people to think through. So let's talk about the dynamic of like family. So you've never really like directly reported to me, even though we're pretty small. Yeah. Well, you're at the very top of the food chain at this point. Right. The company is a lot larger than when, you know, I I think a couple years ago, you guys only had like five people in the Mm -hmm. team. And so like. I don't need, I don't even, I'm not even sure if you guys had like a leadership team at we that didn't. point we or didn't. anything. Cause your the size of the leadership team was like almost the size of, right, your the, team size of the actual point. team. Right. <laughs> um, but now there's, we have a somewhat of a set of har- har- hierarchy. Right. And, and I used to be against that too, but I've found that that kind of is necessary. It just helps organize. That's communication, right. That's all really. to it. Um, and so I don't really need to talk to you unless there's a problem that, hasn't been solved or can't be solved by, mm-hmm. you know, Webster, who's marketing director, 
or well, president, president now. now. Yeah, president Mr. Now. President. Um, or you know, Allie, who I work with as a for she's my AM for right. our marketing team. Um, if between them we can't come to a solution, then I can come to you. Um, but I can't really think of a time that I haven't had to do that. And you also give us a lot of agency over our own, um, you know, professional lives and like relationship with other team members to just go directly to team members when we have problems. Yeah, sort it out. Yeah. And a, a lot of times I just end up cornering a team member and being like, hey, can you stop doing this? It's, it's awful. <laughs> <laughs> and that's the end. And they're of like, that. no, it's not. You, you stop thinking of it's awful. <laughs> uh, and then we fight. Uh, no, I'm just kidding. I mean, I think. I think that's the thing is one of the things I've struggled with in general and I still struggle with is like clear and direct communication because, you know, I, I'm a three on the Enneagram, which means I want to be liked. Mm-hmm. And my root fear is I'm not good enough. I don't have what it takes. Yeah. And so as a result, when I'm dealing with a team, I want them to like me. And I feel like if I directly approach somebody and say, hey, this is not okay. We cannot do this anymore then I feel like I'm some kind of like authoritarian and I don't, I, I hate when people call me boss. Like I don't like that word. I feel, and I don't even, I think that's maybe even an unhealthy opinion, but like an unhealthy perspective, I mean. Um, but, but I think that's a real danger for leaders like me is wanting to be liked is not right. My job ultimately is not to be liked. It's to be trusted and respected. Yeah. I, I think your strong point is that you do really care about everyone on the team and it's you do a strength really care and a weakness. about finding, well, yeah, but it ends up like there's always going to be tough, hard situations, but having right. that kind of empathy at the top and truly wanting the best for all of us really makes a huge difference on the team. Cause I've been at other companies where they really don't care. Right. And you know, that makes a big difference because then if you have a problem that they don't care about and it's just going to keep impacting your life, yeah. why am I here? Right. Like, and, and right now, I mean, they're calling this season in our world the great resignation. There are more people leaving their jobs right now than basically ever before. Um, and I think it's because people went through the pandemic. They got this like work from home time or they got a little flexibility in their lives. And they're like, hold on, why am I? Why am I running this rat race? Well, and they had time to, you know, spend time Process. with their families well, yeah. and go outside and, <laughs> you know, right. normal things. But those are uh, integrated into our team culture. It's normal already. for us. Yes. And I think that's the thing is like, I've always wanted to build a place that I would actually want to go work at, you yeah. know, because everybody can't be, I mean, really, like you can't build a business if everybody is an entrepreneur who wants to start their own business. A lot of people want to start their own business. A lot of people do. And a lot of our team members even have side businesses. Like, you know, there's a couple team members who run photography businesses. You know, um, our copywriter does does copy for other people. Like you do art stuff on the side. Like there's, there's, there's tons of other like side hustles, if you will. And I think that that's where there's opportunity too to like really double down on the passion because it's like, well, I don't. I can make money doing this. Like I can make money Mm -hmm. doing photos or writing copy on the side or doing art or whatever it may be that is Mm -hmm. like passion work, but it doesn't have to, it doesn't have to make money. Like it can make some money without having to be like the money maker. I I kind of enjoy that uh, at least for me. um, And I've talked to this uh, with a couple other team members too, of like being able to do your passion um, on the side and having your job that makes most of your money being Mm -hmm. different thing takes the pressure off of, you know, needing to monetize something that you right. love because that adds a lot of extra stress to 
something you love, you know, if I have like a painting that I'm trying to sell and someone wants to argue with me about the value of it, like that's right. not a good time. Like right. I, that's someone saying your worth is your art right. is not worth what I want it to be and to afford it or whatever. Right. And that's that those are hard conversations to have. Mm-hmm. And if you don't need that money, then you can wait and you don't have to settle for less or feel like you're being taken advantage of or any of those things. Um, Cause you have income elsewhere. Yeah. So we've changed a lot um, as a company. I mean, over the years, basically that means nonstop. But, but the reason for that is, well, cause one, cause I'm driving the ship and I like to change directions, mm-hmm. but I don't just change them ha- haphazardly. I change them because I believe that, you know, I believe the water's going, the storm's going a certain way and I'm trying to navigate the boat away from the storm, you know? Um, but you're, you are, I mean, you, you're actually pretty comfortable with, with change compared to some team members, but like what, how have you learned to deal with me and my leadership? Because I am pretty sporadic. And I, the example I gave earlier when I was talking to Travis, just as an example is like preparing for this podcast. Mm-hmm. For me, there is no preparing. Yes. And for a lot of people, that's insane, you know, like, but I don't, I want it to be like just this raw conversation of like whatever happens to come to mind. And I also know that like talking is not a problem for me. I probably talk too much. Um, But how have you dealt with like my sporadicness as a leader? Even yesterday, both you and Travis, I told him, Mm -hmm. reached out to me and were like, hey, so we're doing the podcast tomorrow. What's the plan? And I'm like, I don't know. Like, we're going to talk about these things. Yeah. Well, and I, I ran the podcast for you for a little while. So I'm, I've had guests ask me, you know, what do I need to prepare? And I've been the one to tell them, don't worry about it. It's fine. (laughs) 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 You'll just talk with Jay and we'll draw it out of you. Um, yeah. And I mean, ultimately that's what you want. It's a genuine interaction. And I don't think that's wrong. Um, and I think there is value in that. I think that, um, you do like to go off the cuff and just just launch things mm-hmm. and that that impacts me the most way and that I have to be willing to just jump on something and start fixing stuff. Right. <laughs> I have to start, you know, shuffling stuff around or like fixing design on stuff that's, you know, wonky or quick because you wanted to like launch it fast. Uh-huh. And I, I honestly don't mind that. It's, right. It's kind of fun. <laughs> um, it's never dull. Yeah, it's it's not uh never boring around here. Yeah. Um, but the since I know that about you and I know to expect that, it's not worrisome. And also yeah. like anything that you do is never gonna be like completely off base or like completely wrong or anything that like un the because I'm fixing things because I'm nitpicky and because I want right. it to be perfect and not because the regular person that sees it is going to know the difference between like the color codes that we used. Like, and there's enough people here now too, that will tell me like, well, hold on. Like we're not doing that right now. And I'll yeah. be like, e- most of the time I'll be like, well, why not? And they'll be like, well, cause this, this, and this. I'm like, all right, fine. We'll wait. Yeah. We have a large portion of the team that likes to plan stuff out. Like when I was ready to change, well, that's because I've hired that way. Yeah. I've hired for my weakness. That's why. Well, I think that helps. Like, that's by design. The design is like, I don't need somebody else who's going to drive the ship faster. I'm already, I'm already ready to put the, you know, thing in full, full throttle. Mm-hmm. And I need other people who are like, whoa, like there's a rock up there and we need to not run into it, you know? Yeah. Um, so it's, it's a wild ride, but I'm glad you're here. Thanks for being on the show. Um, I hope people have uh, like like these kind of peek behind the curtains. Um, thanks for being here. Oh, thank you for having me.
So everybody that's listening uh, into these internal conversations, love your feedback. Leave us a comment on the podcast or shoot us an email. Let us know uh, what you'd like to hear about our internal team here at Business Builders. If you want to learn more about us and what we do, you can find us online at businessbuildersagency.com. And um, gosh, it's just so great to have you all out there listening. I hope that the conversations that we're having are helping you build a business without being worn out and stressed out and ready to quit. Until next time, be well. See you soon.